Hi, and welcome to Training and Assessment Professional Development's podcast. Really super grateful that you're here. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you continue to tune in because we have a lot to offer. Training and Assessment Professional Development is about giving back to the community of trainers and those wanting to enter the industry to become a trainer assessor. Now, it doesn't matter if you're delivering short courses or even accredited training, we'll have something for you. I love to help trainers develop their skills to become leaders in their field. As I said before, we have a lot of content that will inspire you to grow and help you harness your niche. The world of vocational education training can be a minefield. Standards, legislation, and just when you think you've got a handle on it, something changes. Training package, qualification, industry regulations, Well, I'm here to help you demystify and show you some easy tips to stay ahead. Hi, I'm Donna Moulds, your host. And as an entrepreneur, coach, trainer, mentor for over 15 years, I want to share with you some insights that helped me reach a level as a trainer that I never thought was really possible. As a former CEO of my own RTO, Registered Training Organisation, for over 12 years, I have a wealth of experience that I want to share with you. So strap yourself in, grab a pen and a notebook, and let's get started. All right, so, okay. So welcome to Training and Assessment Professional Development. Susan, how are you? I'm fine, and yourself? I'm excellent, thank you. Bit, as I said before, a bit watery-eyed, so if I, I'm not crying in the interview, if you... <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so just tell me a bit about yourself and what you do and how long you've been doing it. Okay, so um, I am 50 plus and I have two teenage children who no longer live at home. I work for myself. I am actually a work health and safety consultant. So basically means I will go into a business and I will assess where they are with their safety and I will help them to meet compliance. So I work all over the place. I've even been to um, Victoria. I've got clients in um, South Australia, all over the place. Um, and I'm an auditor as well. So I've audited um, a few different organisations. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm working a lot in Sydney. I'm actually from rural New South Wales, but I spend three days a week in Sydney. And a lot of what I do is actually training people how to be safe. Yeah, which is, um, so tell me a bit about the industry itself from the work health and safety perspective, because I know over the years, it's actually um, declined and we had a lot more incidents and accidents occurring, especially here in Canberra, I know we did, I don't know about Sydney, um, because I hadn't seen the statistics on that, but um, are are we on the incline in safety or are we still on the decline in getting people to understand the importance? So it has definitely improved and Safe Work New South Wales, who I work with quite closely at times, they used to be the big stick wielders. They've completely changed their attitude and now they are willing to help. So they'll come into businesses and do free um, assessments and and help. And that has really contributed to a lot of more positive safety things going on. Uh, However, there's still accidents and it's it's just the way it is. But the thing that I find is a lot of companies really want to, the management want to be safe, but the staff don't get it. So that's what I do is I go in and I make it simple for them and I customise my training as much as I can 
yeah. so that it's to their their organisation. And and at the end of it, usually they get it. You'll always get people who just <coughs> don't think it's worthwhile. You'll never change their minds. You just hope that they don't get hurt or hurt somebody else. Yeah. And do you think that language literacy numeracy has anything to do with people's lack of awareness? Most definitely. Yes, exactly. People are frightened because there's legislation and legislation is law. And so they get really um, say stressed about it. And a lot of the smaller businesses that I work with, that's the thing. They, they think it's really, really difficult. And yeah. I go in and I explain to them that it isn't actually, and I help them to, to learn how to do, to deal with the legislation and, and put it down to a level where they can understand it and they can do it and then they've got a safer business. So the simplification of the terminology and breaking down the actual how to do or how to work safer um, and then they understand it and they get it and it's not so scary. That's exactly right, yes. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been a trainer and assessor? Okay, since 2011. So I've okay. informally, I um, did a lot of training. I was an IT manager, so I trained staff in how to use their computers and, and all that kind of stuff. And there was user support as well. Um, yeah. But formally, yeah. since I started my business in 2012, um, that's when I formally started to actually begin training. Yeah. Wow, 2012 was not that long ago, was it? <laughs> no, not really. And when I did my formal training, it was just solidifying all the things that I'd been doing anyway with a lot of extra clever things that I learned. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And so why did you choose this industry? I, at the council, I got into the, um, the safety committee and I really liked it. It was something completely different to IT because it was people involved. Yeah. IT's computer. Yeah. So it's not that much excitement and I'm a bit of a people person. And so I got into that and I, I genuinely am interested in what people do and how they do it. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're right, IT is so not a people industry. Um, it's very, you know, the tech orientated and, and I know that from personal experience, they get very frustrated with those that are not so tech savvy um, and they're not really the people person. They just want to do the stuff and create and everything. So um, interesting that you've gone from one world to another. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. so, so since 2012... Sorry. I must say that it's much more fun talking to people than computers. <laughs> I would agree. So, so since 2012, what professional development? So we have, you know, obviously you've got your qualifications and I know that you've done your um, Cert 4. You've also got your diploma for work health and safety and also your certificate for in training and assessment. And so what professional development do you do throughout the year that keeps you at the top of your game in your work health and safety uh, field? Okay, so I've done a few TAFE courses lately. Um, I've done a diploma of auditing because that's something else I do. And components of that were a little bit of emotional intelligence, which was interesting, but I've done NLP training as well. So um, it was a bit lower level than what I'm used to, but it was still interesting seeing other people doing it. Yeah. And um, I've also got a, just finished a diploma of leadership and development, and that had some interesting 
um, what would you say, human resources type um, training. And yeah. then I do, yeah, depending on what topics are buzzing around in my head at the moment, because my clients often ask me how to do something and I think, mm, I need to tune up on that. So oftentimes I'll do a short online course to cheer yeah. myself up. Yeah, so it's really um, your client and industry base that leads your professional development and, and also what you're interested in. And I like the fact that you talked about doing your NLP and emotional intelligence because obviously I'm a uh, emotional intelligence and NLP nut, have been for a long time and uh, really love that, that side of training. So when, if we go back to NLP, how beneficial is that in your training? It's really, really beneficial because you can actually read people quite well because you get um, different people's in courses for different reasons. Some are really keen, some are hostages, you know, yep. the guys who've got things across their chest and had one of those the other day. But anyway... Um, and so it's really interesting. It's quite a challenge sometimes to get them engaged, but it's good fun as well. And yeah. generally at the end of it, I can, I can turn them around because I just have that little bit of extra idea, knowledge, I guess you'd say, of how to get them to come around and, and get them to get some value out of the training because there's no point standing there and talking at them. You want them to be interactive and get something out of it. That's right, yeah. It's interesting because uh, in this uh, segments of interviews with industry experts, I actually have my long-time mentor, like you're talking uh, 2001, I think she started mentoring me in NLP and she's a master practitioner and is going to be a, a speaker and industry expert on here as well. So super excited for that. So that kind of twigged me when you said, uh, the NLP side of things, because I personally think that every trainer should add NLP to the mix of what they're doing, um, because it does just take your training to the next level. So, um, so that kind of answers my question as to why that professional development. Um, do you think having access to a membership that gives you continuous professional development is of benefit to trainers? Oh, most definitely, because if you've got someone who knows how to find all, all the things that are out there, you're so good because it'll save time. I'd certainly be interested in something like that because you can never stop learning. And yeah. if you're trying to teach other people, then you're just going to expand your skills if you continually learn yourself. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, um, and have you... Um, uh, looked around our membership website at the moment, the one we're about to launch? No, I haven't yet, but I'm certainly looking forward to doing that. Well, once it's launched, I'll send you the information and you can have a look. But um, we're getting a lot of traction in the sense of people inquiring what it's about. And um, I, I do have to make sure people understand, though, that it's not the Certificate Foreign Training and Assessment. I've had a few inquiries going, is this the Certificate Foreign? And so uh, it's um, not, but it, the idea is, um, and I'm sure you have come across some people, I think that back when I was teaching the Certificate Foreign Training and Assessment, you referred a couple of people to us, um, but we're doing it online. And what do you think some of the struggles are when someone's doing that course online by themselves? I would hate to have to do it online because you need to have the interaction with your trainer because the trainer can give you real live examples. 
and answer your questions face to face. Face to face mm. is invaluable. Mm. So from a cost perspective, a lot of people do choose the online training. So do you think um, from the perspective of our membership where we actually are breaking down, whilst we're not um, teaching the units, we're breaking down the information in the units and we're also breaking down um, different uh, programs such as emotional intelligence and exceptional communication and so forth. Do you think that that would be value for money for them as well? Oh, most definitely, because you can only look at so many pieces of paper with so much writing and all you're getting out of it is your perception, really. Whereas yeah. if you've got someone who can back you up with what you're going to do, that adds so much value and make your training so much more enjoyable and easier. Yeah, because I do see a lot of people, like, they throw in the towel, they quit, they go, this is just all too hard, I'm never going to get through it. So hopefully we can be a resource for them. But... Um, so, look, thank you very much for your time and answering my questions and everything that you're doing sounds very, very exciting. So I think that 2020 is going to be an awesome year for you. Definitely. It's looking that way, that's for sure. <laughs> and one more question. How do you find um, being, because uh, you're a very strong uh, focused woman in the industry, but would I be right in saying that you're in a highly male populated um, industry? How do you find that with, I mean, because you have a wealth of knowledge, great, great experience, um, but how do you find that challenge? It's quite interesting. I've had um, men say to me, oh, how do you go in, in doing this? Because, you know, you're just a girl. And I go, well, I am, but um, I, I'm not an expert in everything that I do and I ask people what they're doing and I went to a conference way, way, way back when I started my business. I've been in business, this is my sixth year now, and there was a small lady, she was absolutely tiny, she was like a little doll and she'd worked doing safety on oil rigs. So you can imagine what that was like. So at the end of that, I waited for ages. I spoke with her and I said, please, can you give me some ideas about how being a female in the industry? She said, number one, don't try and be one of the boys. And number two, don't take any bull from any of the blokes. Just stand yeah. up for yourself. Okay. And I followed that through and I've never had a drama. And I, and I, I secretly think that, because I'm a female, that I get a little bit more respect from a lot of the guys because men generally want to be softer towards women. Yeah, but if, fantastic. By the same, by the same token, if, if someone was to stand up and, you know, just really give it to me, well, I would go toe-to-toe -to -toe and say, well, you know, this is the way it is. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and being an expert in your industry. And when I use the word expert, people think that that means you do know everything, but we, we both know as trainers, being an expert doesn't mean you know everything, but you are an expert in specific areas that you just know and can do in your sleep, you know, and yeah. you also can um, go to that, you know, when we're looking at that conscious competence level and then you're going to where you are um, imparting the knowledge, you know, onto other people. So, yeah. So fantastic. Well done. Um, so tip for anyone who's going into a new industry or training for 2020, what would you say to them if they're going into the training and assessment field in an industry, which could be aged care is going to be a very, very big 
um, thing for next year and also individual support and, and those things, but someone having to become a trainer in that area, what tips would you give them for 2020? Okay, so for 2020, actually get your hands dirty in the industry. So nothing works better in training than being able to relate to what you, you're training about. So you'll be able to give examples and things like that. So go in and get some hands on, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's a really good point because I know that um, when I um, talk to people about training and assessment specifically, because I have run an RTO and have been immersed in the industry, that does give me, you know, that, that benefit of understanding so many different aspects of it. Whereas I know that um, I remember coming across people over the years who were teaching small business management, for example, and had never run a small business. And that kind of like, how am I going to take advice from you when you've never run a small business? So exactly. yeah, it's always interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for your time. I know you've got a busy day ahead. So um, I look forward to uh, sharing this with you and um, I'm sure we'll talk again very, very soon. Sure. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Take care.